Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Faithless with Lisette Diaz, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here is your host. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Lisette Diaz, and I am very excited to be sharing this time with you today. You know, through the craziness of the week, I find it so refreshing to be able to spend this time with you guys growing in faith. So I really, I thank you for joining me. Um, Today we're going to be finishing up our four-part series on virtues and vices. We've gone through six of the deadly sins, and we've really dug deep and come up with some strategies to help you battle against that sin. And the reason I chose to go through this series at this time is because this coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, and that marks the beginning of Lent. Now, in the Catholic Church, as you know, we have this practice where we sacrifice something during Lent. And I don't know if you've noticed, but through the years, we've made this practice a little bit silly. I mean, like, what what does giving up chocolate really do for your spirituality? Unless, of course, you put chocolate above God, then that definitely helps your spirituality. But for the most part, we give something up that's just something we really like, and we see how long we can do without it. And, and although that has its merits, I think it's time we took the bigger challenge and we looked at the bigger picture and, and we really took these seven deadly sins and see which ones we should really tackle during Lent, which ones are really a part of your life. And that can be a sacrifice that will save your faith, that's going to nurture your relationship with Christ. It's a sacrifice that is, is really going to make you a better Catholic, a better Christian. And that's why I chose to do this series before Lent, so that you can have that time to think about which of these you want to tackle first. And you already have the tools that you need, because we went over the virtues needed um, to fight each of these vices during each of the parts of the series. So here we go. The last deadly sin, and sadly the biggest of them all, is lust. And you've all heard the phrase, sex sells. And that's what most companies go by these days. So they sell their products or or to get you to take part in their culture, they they use this sex sells kind of mentality. And, And it works. It really does work because we're so attracted to it. And so, okay, so I have a confession to make. I'm a binge watcher. And if I really like a show, I have a horrible, horrible habit of binge watching the show from beginning to end. In other words, Netflix is my best friend. Some of the more recent shows I've watched are How I Met Your Mother, which I actually finished several years ago, and I just finished watching Friends. And one thing I noticed about both of these shows is that despite the fact that they have some awesome comedy, I mean, I laugh a lot during the whole thing, they all made the concepts of owning pornography and having sex with a ton of people something that was totally normal. And that if you didn't do that, then you were weird. Now, I'm an adult who's really grown a lot in her faith. So those behaviors and those opinions don't really have an effect on me because I know what's right and what's wrong. But they do have an effect on people who don't understand the truth. Lust, um, when you look at the Catechism of the Catholic Church, is defined as a disordered desire for inordinate enjoyment of sexual pleasure. Sexual pleasure is morally disordered when sought for itself, isolated from its procreative and unitive purposes. 
And that's a lot of big words and it's all jumbled up. So let's simplify it a little bit. Pretty much lust is when you desire sexual pleasure for yourself from someone or something that is not appropriate. And it's viewed as immoral when it's something that is desired for something other than having children or having that uniting um, purpose in a married couple where you where you unite yourselves into one so if you really want to know exactly what the catholic church has to say about sexuality you should really read up on the catechism of the catholic church which um you you can literally find online you go to um, google type up catechism of the catholic church and the part that talks um about these things is part three section two chapter two Article 6. So it's it goes narrower and narrower. So part 3, section 2, chapter 2, article 6. And it talks about sexuality, chastity, and offenses against chastity, such as lust, masturbation, fornication, pornography, prostitution, rape, and homosexuality. So you can also get a copy of The Theology of the Body, which is pretty much a collection of St. Pope John Paul II's teachings on the human body and sexuality. And it's actually a really, really great book, but it's very thick, so it's kind of hard to read. So they have versions for beginners and teens and a variety of other versions that can explain it a little bit better so that you can really understand what it's saying. So if you're not into thick reading material, I'd really suggest going for one of these versions that are available for you. Um, well, now that we've kind of gone over some resources to learn what the Catholic Church says about um, our sexuality, um, and we've kind of defined lust a little bit, I want to go ahead and start talking about our sexuality for a second. It really seems like the topic of sex is totally taboo, and it's not something you talk about, especially in church. But that's something that's so far from the truth. It's really scary that no one wants to talk about it at church. And you know why it's scary? Because no one in the church talks about it, but when you step foot outside the church, that's what everyone wants to talk about, sex. And then so what are you getting? You're not getting the church's point of view, you're getting the world's point of view, and that's thwarted. That's that's not what sex was meant to be. Well, then, you know what? Let's talk about it. So this is not something that's taboo. I mean, I literally just read to you that the Catechism of the Catholic Church has an entire section on masturbation, fornication, prostitution, and rape. That means that it has to be something that's important to talk about. So what does the church say about sex? Well, first of all, sex is a good thing. To have sex, it's a beautiful thing. It's a connection between a man and a woman where you have to give everything of yourself and you take this other person as they are. And when it's done correctly, there's this bond that is unreal. You physically become one with this person that you love. That person that, you know, on your wedding day in front of God, you vowed to love unconditionally. That is a beautiful thing. And sex feels good. God meant it that way. If he hadn't, then why would it feel good? It wasn't an accident, like, oops, that wasn't supposed to happen. No, it wasn't an accident. God doesn't do that kind of stuff. It was a gift. And when you think about Christ's sacrifice on the cross, in his dying, he celebrated his wedding feast to the church. He gave us the ultimate gift of his life out of love for his bride, the church, and, and by the church, I mean us. 
Well, this wedding feast of Christ's death, that's, that's celebrated in a marriage. You vow to do your best to imitate Christ in your love for this person. And by doing so, you're becoming one with Christ and with that person. And God's wedding gift is this intimacy that comes in consummating that marriage. And when I mentioned earlier that, you know, it has to be done correctly. Well, let me clarify what I meant. This gift of your sexuality is meant to be given selflessly to your spouse. That means that if you both go into this marriage understanding that this is you giving yourself away and you both receive each other in that kind of grateful and selfless way, that's what it was meant to be, not the perversion that we see nowadays. So I mentioned before how we see a lot of shows with plenty of sexual humor and really most shows, a lot of these shows, have lust as a feature because the producers know people will watch it. Even in some children's movies, we have to be really careful with the offhand jokes that and comments that you can hear. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Happy Feet from the eyes of like an adult, but there are definitely some inappropriate references in there. But despite the effect that television has on our society, we really have lust everywhere. You can be scrolling through a website doing some research and bloop, there's a pop-up that says meet sexy singles or an ad on the side inviting you to play a game where, you know, there's a cartoon lady whose breasts are pretty much hanging out and about two centimeters away from being x-rated. So you, you drive down the road and you see it on bumper stickers, on billboards. It's literally everywhere. We've become a society that is infatuated with sex and not the kind that we just described earlier. We've become obsessed with pleasure with feeling good. We've literally become animals in that sense, sometimes to the point of no control. And we've become such an overly sexualized society that we have eight-year-old girls wanting to be sexy. What in the world is an eight-year-old girl wanting to be sexy for? Really? You're eight years old and you should still be playing with toys and dolls and using your imagination, not trying to show off your non-existent goods. And, And children are being made to feel inadequate if they're not desired sexually. And and boy, does that make it easier for them to fall into like hands of child predators. This society has created a place where if people don't think you're sexy, you have no value, which is absolutely not true. And we know that because we have a God who created us and loves us for who we are. We also have this culture of having multiple partners. And even though... It might sound fun and it might sound good. First of all, scientifically, every time you have a new partner, you risk, you you raise your chances for STDs and other diseases exponentially. And second of all, spiritually, we talked about how that is a unification between a man and a woman where you give yourselves up completely. You're pretty much splitting your soul into pieces. So... Let's, let's go back. Let's review what lust is one more time. It's an inappropriate desire for someone or something that is something that is selfish. And one of the issues that has come up with this overly sexualized world we live in is the addiction to sexually related things like pornography. And did you know that 50% of men have had or are still dealing with a pornography addiction? That's one of every two men are, that are dealing with this issue. And that number is absolutely shocking. 
And you know what? Actually, let me read you a couple of facts from an article by uh, Covenant Eyes that talks about women with exposure to pornography. So it's not just men. This article says that 52% of college women have been exposed to sexually explicit material by the age of 14. And in a support community that they have, uh, 61% of the women there from ages 18 to 29 said that they viewed pornography for the first time before they were 13 years old. 61%. And in the same community, the women were asked to rate their parents on how well they prepared them to deal with sexual temptations or anything that dealt with sex. From 1 to 7 was the rating, and with 7 being, you know, very well prepared. And 55% of the women gave their parents a 1, not prepared at all. Another 32% gave their parents a 2 or a 3. That means that 87% of the women were not prepared to deal with this issue when it came up. That's a huge number. And one of the big problems is that this has been something that has been so normalized that it doesn't seem like it's bad at first until you just can't stop. And you're so addicted that it's literally like you're on crack. Men who try to stop being addicted to pornography very often have to seek professional help. They get the same withdrawal symptoms as drug addicts do because it affects the same parts of the brain. So I'm going to go science teacher on you guys. Ready? The problem with addictions is that they stimulate a part of your brain that secretes these feel-good hormones. And these hormones are actually pretty powerful. So the more that you stimulate these hormones, in other words, the more porn that you watch, the more your body is getting used to the hormones until it just doesn't give you the same effect anymore and you don't even feel it afterwards. So gradually, you have to intensify the usage and the frequency of your addiction in order to get that same high. And, and that, my friends, is when you get so accustomed to the hormones that when you don't have them anymore, you have the same symptoms of a common drug addict. Even people who aren't religious are fighting pornography addiction because of the effect that it has psychologically and chemically in your body. So not only is this a bad thing for your body, it's also a destroyer of marriages and relationships. Jesus says, He who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now you tell me what one of the most vital requirements of a marriage is. You guessed it, being faithful. In other words, you're not cheating on your wife or on your husband. Well, if just looking at another person with lust is committing lust, is committing this adultery, this cheating, then imagine what pornography is. You're giving the piece of yourself that belongs to your spouse or to your future spouse to a screen. You're sending a subliminal message that your spouse is just not good enough to satisfy your needs. And even if you don't mean it, you're telling them that they're not good looking enough, they're not desirable enough, and they're not worth as much of your attention as that screen. And is that fair to them? Is that what you promised to give your spouse on your wedding day? And, and for those of you who are single and listening to this, I know I've focused a lot on marriage, but that is the core of our sexuality. It's meant to be fully embraced in marriage. God made man and woman for each other. And if you're contemplating on becoming a priest or a religious sister, then this is a gift that you're going to be offering to God every single day. God is going to be your spouse. And you want that gift to be as pure as possible. 
And if you have a calling to be single, your purity is what keeps your soul connected to God in this unbreakable bond. And if you feel that you're called to be married, then think about how special your future spouse is going to be. How perfect are they going to be for you? You're going to love that person so much that you're going to wish you could give her not only your present and future, but you're going to wish you could give her your past as well. And it's what a beautiful thing to give him or her the gift of your past that's not tainted or stained, but it's, it's filled with respect for the man or the woman that you knew would one day be yours. So what virtues do we practice in order to fight against lust in our world? One of them is purity. The other is chastity. Purity is keeping your soul clean and pure. That means that you hold sexuality as something that is pure and holy, not something that's to be paraded or abused as we do in the society. The other is chastity. And chastity is pretty much abstaining from sexual acts and protecting your gift of sexuality. It's keeping a clean mouth from dirty jokes and practicing that self-control in moments of temptation. And with how common and exploited this has become, it's so difficult to keep these virtues. And that's why I'm going to give you a couple more resources to help you. If, you're, if you feel like you're having a lot of trouble with lust or purity or chastity, first, you need to form a praying lifestyle. Get used to having God in your life constantly, and that's going to help battle any impure thoughts that come to mind. Second, find an accountability partner. Find someone who can be completely and totally honest with you and who you can be completely and totally honest with and that's going to keep you in check when you're slipping. This person should be someone who is totally trustworthy and, and truly believes that this journey that you're making against lust is really something that's, that has to be admired. Third, protect yourself from temptations. You need to remove all of the things that trigger these temptations from your environment. And if you're suffering from pornography addiction, please reach out. We are your family in Christ and we love you. We're all sinners and we're called to love, not to judge. Go and talk to a priest. You're not even going to believe how many of these conversations they have. Like they literally have conversations about pornography addictions probably every single day. So don't feel so ashamed that, that you bury yourself in this hole. We love you and we care for you and we don't want to see you fall. We want you to succeed. And one app that I really, really highly suggest you check out is, is called Covenant Eyes. And that's the same company that gave us those statistics about women and pornography issues. Um, so Covenant Eyes. It's an app. It's... It costs a little bit of money, but it's it's so worth it. It helps you by blocking content that's not appropriate. And it sends reports to your accountability partner that'll help you stay on the right track. And your accountability partner is in charge of making sure that they check that and they tell you, hey, let's work on this. And you can't take it off. Your partner's the only one who can. So they're going to help you stay committed. Also, it's very important that you find a professional to speak to about this addiction. The kind of therapist that you want to see is an addiction therapist. And if you contact Catholic Charities, 
they're going to be able to refer you to some resources that are going to be really good for you. And if you know someone who is suffering from an addiction like pornography, please reach out to them in love. Believe it or not, most of them are ashamed of this and are just doing it out of habit. But they, they will hate to ever admit it. Just reach out to them. Give them reassurance and love so that they're going to know that they can count on you. And don't judge them. Every person has their own journey to holiness. And that's the journey that that person's going through. And you can help them by showing them Christ's love and walking through that journey with them. So we ourselves have made quite a journey <laughs> through all of these seven deadly sins. And wow, it's, it's amazing to see how integrated these are in our lives. But it's even more amazing how you can get through it with just a little help from virtues that God has given us. Each week, I've given you a challenge to practice the virtues we've discussed. This week, the challenge is a tough one. So this week, let's practice looking at lust in the eye, I guess the metaphorical eye. Look at lust in the eye and really label it for what it is. When you find something that takes away from God's intended purpose for sexuality, label it as lust in your mind and turn away from it. Keep your eyes, ears, mind, and heart pure from lust. That means you have to be careful with what shows you're watching, the music that you're listening to, and the feelings that you have for certain things. Let's practice chastity. That means not having sex outside of marriage and refraining from any behavior that could be considered adultery. It really is an all-around cleanse, but I, I know you can do this. Finally, I'd like to invite you to begin your journey into Lent by attending confession. On the app that we mentioned last week called Laudate, L-A-U-D-A-T-E, you can find a thorough examination of conscience where you can really meditate on your life and go to confession and clean out that soul and get ready to start a whole new life with God. And don't feel bad if you have to write down your sins or use the app during confession to make sure you don't forget anything. That's okay. And, and remember, confession is not a place for punishment. It's kind of like a garbage can. You've been dragging garbage with you everywhere, and it's heavy and stinky. And in confession, you say, I don't want this bag of trash anymore. I want to smell good, and I want to feel free. So you don't actually say that to the priest, though. Either I'm going to get in trouble for it, or he's going to be totally confused. <laughs> but if you're looking for times for confession, please check with your parish for dates and times. And if you'd like to go to confession at Mary Queen of the Universe Shrine, which is actually near Disney, you can go Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. for confession and on Sundays from 1 to 5 p.m. So they literally have confession every day of the week. Now that we've gone in depth with what the sin of lust is, let's have a moment of prayer to ask God to enlighten us today as we start Lent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we pray together Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart and a steadfast spirit. As we ask you to guide us this week in our journey towards purity and perfect chastity. It's hard to battle against something that seems so normal, but I ask of you, Lord, to make me a holy person by enlightening me and helping me understand the true purpose of our sexuality as it was intended by you. 
Help all those who are single or dating to be a blessing and a gift to their future spouse, whether it be you or a person. Help those who are married to be good spouses and to be able to give their gift of sexuality to their spouse without looking for anything in return. We know that this is not an easy journey, but with you, Lord, and with your guidance, we can do all things. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, well, thank you so much for following Faithless through this journey of virtues and vices. I hope you found these four episodes something that are going to help you grow closer in your relationship with Christ. And next week, we're going to begin our Lenten journey. So continue to listen to this radio show, and we're going to be talking about a couple more interesting things, okay? All right, until then, may God bless you and keep you always. Amen. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Faithless with Lisette Diaz. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.